Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, the weekly podcast featuring conversations with local purpose-driven leaders, leaders creating social impact through their work and fostering in a new era of social progress. We want you to listen, connect, and grow with us. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. Welcome back to the pod, and it is great to have you back with us as always. Well, today I'm really pleased to bring you my conversation with Brad Krauskopf, who is the founder and CEO of Hub Australia. Hub are one of the fastest growing co-work spaces in Australia and globally too. And there's a few reasons I wanted to have this conversation with Brad. The the first one being that I've been a member of the Hub for uh, almost a year now, thanks to a kind offer of a uh, Flexi Impact membership uh, from the team at Hub Rewarding Purpose Driven Business, but also just noting the uh, extreme growth of the Hub um, from its inception many years ago to what has become really the dominant co-work space uh, in Australia. Australia at this stage and doing so largely through a very impact-focused and purpose-driven um, lens on business and uh, related practices. So it's great to have this conversation with Brad. We recorded this at the Southern Cross studio. You'll hear early in our conversation that we had a bit of a equipment stuff up, but did manage to capture uh, this great conversation to a pretty good quality, I think, on my Google Pixel 3 XL. So hope you enjoy our conversation and can't wait to hear your feedback. Today's podcast is proudly brought to you by Assemble Communities, our wonderful sponsor. Assemble go deeper than just providing an alternative pathway to home ownership. They take a holistic well-being approach to housing with the aim of improving their residents' physical, social, mental, and financial well-being through quality design, communal spaces, community managers, and financial coaching. Head to assemblecommunities.com to learn more. Last bit of housekeeping before we get started, just want to let you know that our website has launched and it is at humansofpurpose.com and our new email uh, for anyone who wishes to write in is hello at humansofpurpose.com. So Brad, terrific to have you with me and uh, some saga to make this work, but we're doing it now, so I'm really happy we could connect. Yeah, happy to be here also and uh, we are we are live. Uh, in case anyone's wondering, I have been uh, having a malfunction with the SD card. I did do a jog down to the nearest Seven Eleven to see if we could have one, but it's not worked out thus far. But having a conversation with just the phone in front of us, I think it's going to be even better, a bit more closeness, a bit more freedom. Uh, excited to see where it goes. No microphones getting in our way. No microphones getting in the way. So, look, I've been in the hub now for almost um, six months. I'm fascinated with the place. I've always been really inspired by how it plays out. Before we get into all of that, I'd love to talk a bit about your background and your journey into doing what you do today. Sure. Uh, Sure. So, uh, entrepreneurial always and, like, I guess family background in that as well. Um, Mum and dad were in the hotel industry all of their lives and also business partners all of their their lives um so i, I guess i can't i grew up around um you know around people running businesses um and indeed i i, I guess i always consider that i've you know been running businesses i think the only real job i ever had uh was you know at macquarie bank in a filing room for six months um but you know apart from that um always been paying my own wage um the you know the journey to um, to co-working um, I guess it's kind of interesting I very much feel that I run a hospitality business these days and and, and you know one of the things was I said no to the uh, the family business of hotels about um, 
15 years ago and 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 now here I am um they was they were selling beds and now I'm selling desks <laughs> um but but you know I think we're there is a similarity and certainly I think you'd agree with this um, as a hub member. You know, we're not selling desks here at the hub. It's the experience every day mm. that people get coming in to, to work and grow the businesses that they're, that they're leading or that they're a part of. Um, and, and that's where hubs are a home for businesses to grow. Certainly, um, and yet, yeah, and I guess, but the, the the unit that we that our business model relies on is is, is selling a desk. Um, How did you come to the idea of? I mean, a lot of people look at a co work space and say it's a collection of desks mm. in a common area, and yeah. that's what people want. Yeah. But you seem to have taken a lot of that hospitality and home like feel, yeah. and um, shaped a place that is more of a community home than mm. a. Um, random collection of desks and freelancers sure. yeah sure sure thing and look i guess look when we started um you know it was a really random um collection of of, of, of everything but i guess you know when it started we didn't have a business model either that supported it um and indeed so the, look the community's always been a part of the the hub um but it's it certainly evolved over time like um i won't pretend that the community we used to have at the hub is still the community that we've we've got at the hub um and you know there are bit you know there are better things about the community we've got now and there are also things missing about the community we've got now um but you know it, it, it's similar to you know people people grow up and in many ways co-working's growing up and and hubs growing growing up along with it um where i can link the um you know that we're, we're about more than just the desk to also the business here is you know if you're just selling desks then you know you're you're selling a commodity and at best you're only ever going to be able to um make a small margin on that and then you know you're you're, you're in a race to the bottom with the larger serviced office and larger co-working operators mm. where you know at the end of the day they just have to move desks mm. Um, at Hub, yes, we have to. Um, yes, we have to sell, um, uh, get get good occupancies. But the drivers for the occupancy is not just the revenue. Mm. It's also because we're adding um, more great businesses and and people in here that help those other businesses to to grow. So you know, it's it's a virtuous circle. Where what we've finally been able to do, and it took us five years of figuring this out, where we've been able to um, identify a business model that also supports our mission of, of of creating a home for businesses to grow, and and allowed us to do a lot of things just you know beyond um, beyond just profit here at the hub. Where did you um, get the idea for co-working spaces? Look, I guess I, I look. I first came across it in um, in Spain. You know, it's certainly not one of those things where um, you know it's my idea. And and indeed, like they they often do credit it it it, it to um, a space in in um, San Francisco. You know. 12, 15 years ago, but you know, in all in all reality, this wasn't something that you know a person invented. Um, like I, I often look at it, the you know we are uh, we are dragging the office kicking and screaming into mm. the twenty first century. Um, like um, you know, co working is a symptom of the changing nature of the workforce. It's not that co working came along and it changed the workforce. Mm. Um, 
what what happens is you know in property a in fairness to to property in the real estate sector it's really hard and expensive and takes a lot of time to change buildings and to change designs um but um, you know, it was also able to be complacent for so long where, you know, there's disruption going on everywhere. Mm. Um, and to think that property was also going to be um, immune to the disruption going on in the world, is, is, it was just not the case. Mm. Um, and, of course, that's where you've seen that, you know, a company even, uh, you know, we, we, like, you know, WeWork's often the one um, that, that's, the, that, that's the example. And, and, you know, it's because they... They have managed in a very short period of time um, to really disrupt a sector yeah. at such a large global scale that um, that you know like like or dislike WeWork and, and you know there's the, 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 there's lots of things of both in those categories. Um, they have managed to disrupt something that's really hard to mm. disrupt. <laughs> um, they, they certainly seem like they're the Seven Eleven of uh, global you know growth. Yeah, the, co-working. Yeah, the Starbucks of yeah. yeah they, they they certainly are. And look, and partly where I say the Starbucks is, you know, um, they have had to expand at such a rate to grow into their valuation that you know you really have to just roll roll them out um there's an interesting sort of thing that i think about i looked at a, a number of co-work spaces before i was lucky enough to land here but i noticed with we work everything's an adult so yeah. you, you go there and it really is like oh we, it's not that expensive but then everything costs money and yeah. then there's um but they put the Combotron tap thinking they'll get all the hipster millennials. Yep. So it's sort of just a bit of an interesting approach where it's, I think you come to a place that's like the hub and, um, you know, part of what you're paying for is the whole thing. Like yeah, the, the package. Being, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not that we throw all that stuff in for free. Mm. You actually are paying for it. It's yeah. part of the package. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always love that one when people say, hey, it's free. No. How did you land on that, though? Because that's, that's an interesting one in itself, like the, the model of add-ons versus um, oh, whole package. Look, I, I guess part of it is to try and make it frictionless yeah like so you you know the idea is that you need to be getting on with growing your business um you know yes we do things like meeting room credits because ultimately we've got to you know we've got to be able to uh, figure out a way to make sure that you've got a scarce resource getting split amongst other people but um but ultimately it it's not the aim Mm. like if you're trying to figure out how to sell um, uh, you know, virtual office addresses mm. or, or meeting rooms like is essentially the profit driver at a serviced office. Mm. That I kind of think you're in trouble. Yeah, because yep. it, 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 it's it's like the good old um, uh, Hewlett Packard thing where you know all of their profit comes from selling ink cartridges. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not it's not <laughs> I, when ink, it, it, uh, it's not dry. ideal. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, we, we we try and really look at you know, how can we be adding value and adding value through the membership. And so um, there's a few things I want to pick apart there, but sure. it's very easy to build uh, facilities, but building culture is a very different mm. thing. There seems to be a really strong focus on how you've approached um, building the culture here at Hub, particularly the focus more recently on having an impact-focused and purpose-driven culture. Sure. Yep. Um, can you just reflect a bit on that and sort of you know why that's important for a co-work space? Yeah, sure. Look, I guess the, the first part about it actually isn't that complicated it's acknowledging that it doesn't just happen or indeed it does just happen but you'll get a pretty weak culture if you're not working on it <laughs> um, uh, so we've always acknowledged that it does require um, 
uh, dedicated resources. It does require time. It does require um, acknowledgement and connection with the, the, the business model you've got and making sure that your business model isn't in conflict to the culture that you're trying to to, to, to create. Um, so, you know, that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that you need to put some work into it. <laughs> um, so we, we've always um, acknowledged that. And so there's actually dedicated people on the team that essentially have the capacity to work on the programming, mm. to work on the check-ins with the members, um, and and you know to work on actually just getting to understand who the who the who the members are, yep. I what what the what the business is about, mm. what they need, and who the people are who are working with that business. Mm. Um, so that helps on the culture side of things. Um, to some. Uh, in, in varying degrees, Impact's actually always been part of the hub DNA. And indeed, when we started out, um, th- there was an initial attempt at seeing, you know, could we make the model stack up on its own two feet by only um, focusing on, um, uh, you know, what is typically Impact and non-profit yep. organisations. Um, you know, that, of course, didn't pan out um, to, 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 to be possible. Um, and indeed, there are other organisations doing this, mm. but they do it through a not-for-profit model, or they do it through a corporate-supported model, yeah. which, which yep. is great. But that, you know, that wasn't what we were. Sure. Um, so, um, what we did figure out eventually, though, is that look, that the single biggest impact that we can make is actually providing a, a, a great. Uh, workplace for people where they get health and well-being. Yeah. But, you know, you look into all of your stats about, you know, um, 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 mental illness, stress, and, oh, you know, all of those different kinds of things. Um, I, I can talk, I, and I will talk about, you know, our environmental impact or the yeah, impact yeah, yeah. memberships. But, like, if I really wanted to talk about the really big, chunky one, yep. happy people coming into work mm. every day and in, under flexible arrangements, um, that's the biggest impact that we could ever have. Um, at, at some time, we'll figure out how to quantify that one, um, but that's the one that's really meaningful because then it's happy people. It's funny. I like how you ended there about, like, the imperative to quantify everything. You know, we're like a... a um, it's like if it's not measured, it doesn't get done. But you're mm. taking that interesting leap of faith of um, knowing it's important without already. Um, yeah, yeah. Some things you just know there because you see it, and I mean, you see the difference when when you come into it, the hub or other co work spaces. People and there's a lot of businesses who have you know many employees here, and they could just be in a co work space. It's a very different vibe, and I think you've done really well to create an environment where um, you know there's restrooms, there's the, the baby change rooms, you know there's the uh, the, the play and move rooms, and yeah. all the plants everywhere. It's 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 a quite an uplifting place to be. in. Um, thanks. And I guess that's because we, we do try and make it that way. Like the single biggest reason people give us that they um, join the hub and stay at the hub is their ability to attract and retain staff. Um, so look, I, I guess other things um, around the the, the impact. Um, look, linked with the first one about the happy teams, um, this is another big picture one. So, you know, we know that um, um, but at the end of the day, there's more employees here of companies at the hub than there are freelancers or founders but but by, by a long way I think there is still a, a there is still a little bit of a myth around co-working that it's you know it's for 
self-employed individuals mm. and, 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 and one-person startups yep. where, you know, we've got a, a real um, acknowledgement that, you know, 90% of the people in here are working for a company that's employed them and this is their workplace. Mm. Um, and now what I do love about all of those, all, all of the people that... Um, that uh, work with the companies that are here at the hub, um, and I also have it with with the with the hub business. You know, we, we you know, we've got seventy full time people that um, that I work with at at, at the hub. Um, those people are all you know they're all talented people that there were other jobs available that they could have gone to, but to choose to work with a growing business, mm. that's I think that's entrepreneurial in its own right. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Like it, it's a, it's a, you know, there's a lot of other opportunities and companies mm. where it could be a lot easier, um, or, or let's say a lot more um, predictable mm. um, than working with a growing company. Um, what yeah. you've done that's interesting though is, you know, you, you've supported people to do what they're passionate about as well. Yeah, like, um, yeah. you know, good examples. Whitney uh, Telluk is just wonderful and been on the podcast previously, and actually connected us. And uh, g'day, Whitney, shout out to you. Uh, she's done a terrific job, and I think she's emblematic of that new type of um, high-performing employee that. Um, they're committed to having like a social business, social yeah. enterprise, yeah. but also they want to um, work in a place that supports that ambition too. Yeah, and you know, like she's got her side hustle with the coffee. Yeah, um, and and you know, and I guess she's been entrepreneurial as well in terms of you know, you know, she's now going to be our training and impact lead. Um, so you know. She's, I think she's been a space leader, community leader, you know, uh, and then of course doing the, the the thing on the side. Like every one of our hub team members has something on the side. They all like, look like interesting people who do stuff on the side <laughs> yeah. too. Like they don't look like not that there's a typical you know front of house person, but they they look as atypical as you could for a <laughs> yeah. front of house mob. <laughs> yeah, look, and any 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 employer who thinks that they should just ban the side hustle is there's there's just no point. You're better off trying to embrace it. Um, so yeah, so so look, all of those people that do choose to enjoy to join those growing businesses we recognize that um one of the single biggest things that they give up by not working in a much larger company is the significant amount of social opportunities for social connection mm. that big large companies do mm. and this is one of the things that i love about co-working and again is one of those like kind of not so tangible things that people don't get as to what's the secret sauce in co-working and it's you know you say hey come and join my growing business but don't give up on any of the um, perks of the big company and don't give up on that bigger social interactions. Yeah. Be part of something bigger. Oh, and that's the hub community. So, you know, work with my small growing business and get the the, the authenticity and the autonomy and the, and the connection with what we're doing, mm. but still be part of something bigger. And, that, and so that's one of the big things we recognise with the hub. Um, look, keep keeping us on the, the 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 impacts. You know, happy people being part of something bigger, like belonging to something bigger. It, that's just really helpful with mm. with, with with impact. Um, and I guess get, getting a little bit mo more micro. So um, one of the things that we've committed to doing in FY twenty is becoming um, is becoming carbon neutral. Um, uh, you know, that's going to involve us putting in a whole lot of different measures in place to reduce our, our impact. Mm. Like buildings are, are hugely um, um, have a big impact. Like, mm. you know, there's a lot of people in here doing a lot of things. Um, and so we have set ourselves a goal of becoming carbon neutral. 
Um, and at the end of the year, that will inevitably mean putting our hand in our pocket and um, buying, paying for carbon credits. And then as a result of paying for those carbon credits, you know, as a business, we will then try and reduce that amount next year by reducing our impact. That's very um, exciting and ambitious. But I, one of the things... One of the things I thought was interesting uh, also is, uh, you know, your core business is providing that space and community for people. But when I, if I'm my own business, like even Mike is purposeful, when I come in here, I get an improved uh, B Corp score. Uh, you guys are B Corp too. Um, because I'm in a co-work space, I'm reducing my impact oh, by being part cool, of your ecosystem. Cool. But now you're also trying to reduce your overall impact. You, you'll be able to say you're carbon cert- you work from a carbon certifier. Yeah, when I was yeah, yeah. Um, and hey, so you just mentioned uh, B Corp. Yep. Um, you know, so B Corp is, is, a, is, a, is a global standard. Uh, for uh, for-profit businesses to measure themselves by, um, I guess. Look, we were one of the founding B Corps in Australia. Mm-hmm. I think we've been through three certifications or something by you must now. Must be going madder. How are you not in a straitjacket? Oh, I'm lucky enough that um, I we, we when we started <laughs> doing it, I, I had a we were a big enough organisation that um, someone else on the team uh, <laughs> did the 200 uh, questions. Um, and I guess, you know, there are 200 questions spread over seven different categories, mm. I think it is. And um, um, the, the, one of the things I like about um, B Corp, I, I don't like that there's 200 questions, but... That's but, way too but, many but, questions. But, but, but look, it it's also does lead into, you know, I only have to pick out the, the hundred odd that mm. we are going to do yeah. well on you don't have to do well pretty consistent with like materiality kind of analysis it, it, like, it, it, yeah. yeah yeah so it and, and what it does is as we're growing like really quickly it essentially keeps us honest like for, for any B Corp who's done the test you can't fluff a B Corp accreditation um, like, sure can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you, you, you might you might have people that are amazing B Corps and you might some that have some that are okay B Corps, but you just don't get the certification if you're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, so what we've committed to doing is by by um, committing to B Corp every time into the certification, I know that we're at least doing something yeah and we're being held to account for it but i like the you the way you phrase that because um, <coughs> i think a lot of people see b corp certification as the end of the journey rather than the start <laughs> yeah it's like we've got our rubber stamp of approval we've got uh, 87 we're amazing let's just go and um, be a business that has the stamp but i think the constructive way to look at it is as business improvement and impact improvement over time and giving you something to tether your business to hmm. Yeah, and actually, we also it's like it. They actually do make it harder each time. Yep. So if you get eighty-seven this time, <laughs> yeah. you'll probably only get seventy next time. So yeah. you absolutely cannot just sit still. It's like you're trying to like uh, climb up a, a snowy mountain. I know, or and something. they just it's keep sliding back they, down. They, it just keeps getting. Uh, there's another peak over the damn thing. Well, so, you haven't motivated me for the next reset. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. No, no. And so, but but okay. So let me breathe. So. Um, Apart from that, it keeps us honest. Mm. Um, if I want to put my, my, my selfish hat on, mm. it is amazing for um, attracting and retaining staff. Yes. Okay, like it, it, it really helps that. So if you are a business that is looking for a, an economic and tangible reason yeah. for why I should do it, mm. um, you know, people want to work for organisations that they know give a shit. Yeah. Um, and 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 B Corp goes a long way 
to 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 helping us to 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 do that. Um, yeah, so the B Corps there getting um, uh, certified as carbon neutral. And then the final couple of things that we, 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 we do. You got your Flexi Business Impact Program, yeah. which I'm part of. I'm very yeah. thankful to you, Brad, and the <laughs> no, that's right. hub team. No, no, we look, we're, 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 we're thankful for all the impact members because they add a bit of diversity to the membership of people that, you know, otherwise may or may not have been able to, to, to afford it. Um, so every 12 months, um, you know, we take a stab at how many memberships we've got. So, you know, we've got about 3,000 members at the start of this year. Okay, 1% of that equals equals 30. Yep. Um, and I think we ended up with 32 Mem, uh, impact organisations. They've got to either be not-for-profit or B Corp um, or just like so obviously an impact organisation. A couple of podcasts in there as well, which is good to see. That's good to see. There you go. <laughs> and, and you know, they're a mixed bag from all different um, walks of life and they get a membership for the year. So essentially 1% of the membership each year will give out these flexi-impact memberships too. We talk a lot about like um, gender diversity in workplaces, mm. but um, looks like you're going a bit beyond that with sort of um, you know sectoral diversity. You, you can, as a co workspace, take diversity to a different kind of level, and yeah, you yeah. know you're able to bring in a range of um, diverse businesses. You've got sectoral, cognitive, um, size, scale. Yeah, look, we've got look the look the male female one to me is kind of a like at the end of the day we put out. Um, you know, what we feel is a neutral messaging and surprise, surprise, we've got about 50% male and 50% female. Yep. So, and, and, and but I know a lot of other co-working and particularly startup spaces have difficulty with that mm. and it's often male leading. You know, we're, we're about half-half. Yeah. Um, the industry discipline one, it's, it's, again, we put out a pretty neutral messaging there, but it is also... Mm deliberate that we've got lots of different industries here um, it helps with the growth because you've got the diversity of different businesses mm. doing different things who are mm. able to support um, it also helps with the resilience of our revenue base because we're not tied to to one in, to one industry um, the the one that I do like at the hub which again I, I wish I knew how to do it like more deliberately is our um, age diversity um, you know, the, the middle age group here is 35 to 45. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's not 25 to 35. Yeah. And it's not 20-somethings running around drinking the, drink, you know... Um, drinking that kombucha. Drink, drinking the kombucha. Kids love that beer stuff. Tap. Yeah. <laughs> um, the... Um, and, and you know there there are lots of people in the age groups on either, on 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 either side there, and I, I like having that diversity here at the hub. Um, you, I noticed that you got a very um, female staff, which is, which is I mean probably not by design, but or maybe it is. It, it, it's actually it, it's actually not by design, but yes, it does lean towards female. And um, that's actually a global thing in co-working. Oh, really? Um, it, it, it just is. I, I think it's also a... Look, there is a... There are industries which are more male and more female. Yeah. There is a thing in... Um, you know, there is a, a, I guess, a... I don't know. I'd almost call it a... Um, a, uh, a more a caring kind of side to the hub mm. where... Um, you know, the, the, the team loves looking after other people yep. and, 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 you know, just 
look, 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 looking out for them. And they're, they're genuinely yeah. interested in what the members are doing. I, I like that your team has very strong banter. I think that's yeah. important. Yeah. Um, they're not the type of like, a, you know, um, oh, hi, good morning, and they just walk off. It's sort of like, what are you up to today? And yeah. they ask questions that I think okay. people at other places don't ask, <laughs> and I love that. And look, that, that is getting a bit into our into the DNA of, of how of how hub works yep. so you know making sure that we actually understand how people are going um that that you know that that's deliberate like it's part of yeah. how we do it and it is part of how we hire people yep. um and and yeah we have found that uh it is more female leading for our team so i don't know maybe females are, are, are definitely um looking out for other people i think they're um, um, naturally uh, nurturing and good at uh, talking and yeah. curious i think the question for me is is there a banter test before people get the job uh, no there's not a banter test no. but but what what one of the questions I, I i don't get to interview everybody anymore now but certainly one of the things that i do look for is um um, I ask everybody, hey, what, what, what business are you going to start when you leave the hub or at some point? Uh, uh, there's got to be an affinity for growing businesses. Now, that doesn't mean <laughs> um, that you must be an entrepreneur or the years, but I do look for a certain empathy or a certain excitement from people that want to work at the hub because if you don't get a kick out of seeing businesses grow, then you, you look. You, you probably shouldn't be at at, at, at hub. Um, That's awesome. That's very interesting. Um, yeah. No. It's it's yeah. It look we. You need to see like a natural excitement, or you need to see a natural excitement. Yeah. yeah. You know, like working at working at hub is not the job that you do to, to chill out and have a have a relax for this next part of my career. Uh, you know, it's a big job that you know takes up a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of emotion. So you got to make sure that you know you like being around all those people. You're putting all that energy and emotion into. Um, as, as for you, though, I'm curious. Mm. I see you a lot in the hub space mm, so one of the things I like around. yeah uh-huh. well, for, I, I, di- I didn't know it was you before I first met you and that's how inconspicuous maybe you are that you, you could just be seen downstairs you know on your computer running around but um, when, when I was shown that you're Brad I was like oh you, you are um, genuinely around your workspaces all the time and because hub is now it's global now and national it's, it's national. national yeah you've got a lot of different offices um, but um, is it important for you to be in the yeah, space a lot? It, it is. Like, what's really important is that um, my wife doesn't want me at home disturbing her <laughs> on 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 a, on a couple of the days um, when she's there. Um, um, but then, you, you know, like, Ed, but then when she is at work, I, I do still come into the the hub. Um, I guess that probably is a little bit more of a Melbourne one because I'm Melbourne based. Mm. Like, I don't, I. I get to Brisbane every couple of weeks, I get to Sydney every week and I get to Adelaide, you know, every, every, every month kind of thing. Um, so it, it varies. Mm. Um, look, I, I actually wish I got to spend a lot of time, more time with members. Um, uh, I guess the but on that side of things is, is you know, it, it, doing a growing business as well, just like everybody else. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I guess hopefully... Um, I do have the proof right as we speak right now that I do get to speak to some members. <laughs> um, so there, there is proof. It's it's on this podcast. Documented. <laughs> it's documented. Um, so, uh, so, so you know, so, so just uh, jumping forward on the impact sure. one. So you know, we talked about the flexi impact. 
Um, another one that we do is we give every one of our team members the ability to take um, up to two uh, days of paid leave to volunteer. Um, with different organisations, mm. which is which is which is super cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I think I yeah. saw on your screen before uh, Wit and some of the other, some of the other girls, Sasha maybe as well, were off to ASRC Food yeah, Bank, just the, yeah. the Asylum Resource Centre, mm. which is just just actually around the corner. They do really great work. Um, you know, like it, I'll, I'll admit, like it's it, it's tricky. Like everyone mm. on the team's busy. Mm. But it, it is available there, and every time that people do do it, um, they really get a kick out of it. I suppose they um, come back to work um, more energised and kind of feeling like they've given back a bit. Yeah, yeah. Or more yeah. busy and stressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice look, combination. Look, put it so it, it's, a, it's a part of the mix of, of, of working with, with Hub, and that's available. Um, and then the final one that um, just like I'll give as a tip for everybody, you know, mm. we do some donations each, each year. And um, one of the things that we do is at Christmas, um, we do a $50 donation um, in the name of every one of the team members. Um, so it, it just it gives a way of okay we do we do an amount and I don't think it's a I, I don't think it's an it, it's an extravagant amount um, for 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 a business of our size a couple of but grand or something it's a few grand yeah. and it keeps going up because we keep growing but <laughs> but, but that's cool um, we're able to do that um, but the key one that we did there is we made it the team members choice yeah. So then they feel a connection. That's big. Yeah, it's not me just going. Oh, yeah. let's go and support that one. Oh, you've all supported my wife's netball team. It's <laughs> <Yes>. Fantastic. <laughs> You're so generous. No, it's it's everybody got to make their choice, um, which is which is a super. It's 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 actually just a super important. Uh, uh, just it, you know, it, it didn't change the amount that yeah. we were donating, but it made it more important for all the people on the team. Do you what do you see happening with the co work space sector? Uh, because I think my view as somebody who's been around to a couple is that it's contracting, uh, that it's sort of hit its peak a little bit uh, mm. in terms of the number of players who have mm. had smaller co work spaces. Hub is obviously one of the mm. bigger players mm. in the space, but I feel like. In Victoria, certainly, there was a push to say that entrepreneurship is directly linked to the number of co-work spaces that exist, and we're just flooded with co-work spaces now. Do you think that it's contracting, growing, consolidating? No. Okay. Look, I guess, look, factually, mm-hmm. it's still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's, what's interesting, though, is just how quickly it's evolved. Yeah. Um, and this isn't. There was an interesting slide at the US conference just recently, the the, the co-working conference in the US, um, um, and the um, there were uh, there was a slide there which was um, you know co-working keeps growing, but sixty um, percent of them can't find the right space for them. Oh, really? Because what they need, it takes a while for people to sign the new leases and fit them out and for the stock to catch up. Yep. Um, I was actually just showing some per- somebody around today and, you know, the the largest, we do have a couple of 20-person 20 per- 20 spaces here at Hub Southern Cross, but generally speaking, the largest space here is, is 10 or 12 people. Whereas though, if we were building a new space now, there would be lots of 20-person spaces. So is that like Collins Street? Have you done that there? Or? Yeah, we've yeah. done that there. So that's you know, there's a 45-person space yep. at, Collin- at, at, at Collins Street. So, you know, and just the, the, the level of fit-out and mm. the demands has really evolved 
worked as the as 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 the user of co-working has become more sophisticated. Um, what um, I, I think we have seen that the the quantity of smaller players I don't think is going to increase mm. much more. Any fact. Anything it'll decrease. Yeah. Um, Seems like a risky space to try and get into, or to yeah, like unless you're seriously niched yep. and you know you've got a really great target, then um, you can make that work. But um, otherwise, it, it's hard going with a smaller with a smaller mm. space. Um, the what we're also seeing is that the breadth of businesses that are prepared to now make co working part of their real estate mix is is really um, increasing the number of people in co-working. Yep. And certainly when you look at the bigger players like WeWork and JustCo, where, you know, it, it's it's so much more, you know, beyond the marketing um, hype, it's very much about putting bums on seats and, I think and it's like a village. I always think, like, um, what's interesting about co-workers, it's like a, you know, a Polish gentle in the 1600s where you've got, you've got a couple of every type of practitioner in the village mm. and just makes this nice little business sort of commercial yeah. hub. I, I, absolutely, absolutely. But I, I guess it's the, um, uh, you know, as they've evolved, though, like, you know, businesses want to do be, want to be in the private office. Yep. So you, there, there is a commonality there that, you know, you've got the workspace yep. and then you've got the common areas. Um, and you know that varies at each one. So you know, a, 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 a WeWork will have um, you know the, the some really nicely fitted out uh, common areas mm. in the front, mm. but then a very large proportion mm. in private offices. Mm. Um, other spaces like the hub, you know, will still have a greater degree of uh, dedicated desks and flexi desks, mm. um, which means that it's not all built out. Um, but you know, people choose different ones because. Uh, you know, biz- businesses are different, and they mm. do what, they all want the different things, and that's what one of the things I love about co-working mm. is. You know, we we run a business um, with the hub, and lots of people come here, and lots of people go to WeWork. You know, it's 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 whatever pe- suits you, really. It's whatever suits you, and, and you know, one of the big things I always tell people who um, uh, are looking at co-working spaces, you know, make sure you go and tour a few of them, yep. and pick the one that's right for you. Yep. Because as soon as you pick a co-working space, it attaches to your branding and your culture of yeah, your business. Yeah, so true. It's well said. Yeah. So you you got to pick the one that's right for your culture. Yeah. Otherwise, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm. And quite frankly, if, if I don't want to be doing a disservice to any of our members mm. because hub's hub, <laughs> you know, just don't, don't join hub because if, if, if it doesn't match your culture. Yeah. But what we do find is that um, the people that do join the hub, it's similar to like what you said, um, it's because they love what hub does for their culture. How, um, how much? Let me ask you. Oh no, sorry. Look, please finish that point, and then I'll no, that, that, yeah. I think that's it. You know, pe- what, that that reason that people really love the hub is how it it's it it becomes part of their mm. culture, and is it is an add on to it. It's not just the place that they run their business from. Do you, do you have a way of thinking about or measuring or knowing how beneficial it is um, to be part of that community for a business in terms of like how much business gets done between yeah. hub members? Look, we, we do get st- yeah. we do get stats. Um, we've still got to get some more, and we'll be doing an impact report later on this year. But um, you know, we know from a previous one that about sixty percent of our members were doing business with other members. 
Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we you know we know how many people are feeling that they're um, they're happier working from the hub. It's around the ninety percent. Um, we do a we do our hub health index, which is a fancy name for a net promoter score, which, Ooh, which cool. a lot of people will know. Yep. Um, pretty pretty standard stuff. Mm. But uh, you know we so you know we do that every six months. And we're looking at a way now to, to you know, to go beyond just an NPS. Um, Do you use like or, a culture amp type of thing for that or using your own internal tool? Uh, to, no, I would look for NPS. We're literally just asking the two questions yep. that it has on a SurveyMonkey type sure, of thing. Sure, sure. Um, but I know we're looking at how do we, you know, how yeah. do we evolve that. And because when you do an NPS, are you looking at um, a site, like everyone in that site or employee, can you split it by employees and tenants? We can, we split Clients, it by... Right? Um, we split it by site. Mm-hmm. Um, we it's anonymized unless you. Uh, that's the right word, isn't it? Yep. Anonymized. Yeah. Yep. We we de-identified. De-identified. Yep. Yeah. Um, unless they want to tell us who they are, um, and it's the thing I hate about sets. Like we actually really wish it was. We did know who everyone was, <laughs> not not because then we could then we could make sure that we specifically follow up. Um, but we, but um, as I understand it, you, you're better off to make it anonymized because you get more 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 straightforward. Yeah, I, I think so. I, that's one of the kind of tricky things about surveying, isn't it? You kind of want to get close, but you have to give the distance to get the exactly. honesty. So. But then, look, we also do check-ins, which depending on um, you know depending on which membership level you're on mm. is, is you know how how often we get to do it. Um, uh, but that, so that gives us a second point at which we're able to interact mm. with our with our customers. That's cool. Um, with our members, um, the one of the things we do do internally. So we signed up for the Great Places to Work program. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. So that um, you know that's actually like a you you pay money to become part of the Great Places to Work, um, and then they run the survey and they give you data and and so we actually just did one of those surveys last week, our annual survey. Um, so we get quite detailed information about how our t- our how our hub team um, are, are feeling. Yep. And you know, one of my things that um, um, I kind of got a you know it took me ages to get a good appreciation for this, um, but you know now I'm you know quite convinced about it. With you know, if we can have um, happy hub team members. There's a pretty good chance that we're going to be good at um, providing a great workplace for all of our hub members. Yes. Um, like again, it, 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 it's it's not one for one, but I, 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 I'm prepared to bet a lot on it that if we got a, if we've got a happy hub team, we'll have a happy hub members. Yes, and I think that sort of follows the um, the, the famous work by um, I think it was uh, John Mackey. I think okay. from Whole Foods, he sort of said that he pioneered that if we put our uh, our um, employees first, it used to be thought that you know just putting the, the customers first is the way to go. But then they realised if you yeah. prioritise your employees and their yeah. happiness levels, it should flow on to the, the was, customers. There was one book of you know staff first, customers second. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. Like that. Yeah, a famous field of thinking. Uh, so yeah, no, look, definitely an interesting. But, and, but the commitment to uh, measurement is really interesting. So well, yeah, and I guess that is you can only improve what you can measure. Yes, kind of thing. the but Peter yeah. Drucker, but it was a Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, it's fascinating. And w- one other thing I observed, or I just wanted to get a bit of an idea from you, from is with like amenities or things mm. that you do to improve the space. Yeah. So you've got like 
rest areas, yeah, which the, is the awesome. Fitness space. Fitness and, space. Yeah. How much of that stuff is like um, we're going to follow best practice and do this versus our people say they want this versus Brad, you have a hunch that um, it's going to be a good thing. <laughs> look, it, it's a bit of both. Yeah, but look, I, the, the fitness space I think is a classic one. You know, it, look, it, it doesn't get used a lot, but it is there. Yeah, um, and people probably love that it's there and talk about that it's there even if they don't use it. Maybe. Yeah, and like it's it's not just um, so you know. Look, I, and that's actually remember that. Um, Lots of people have a gym membership, but they don't go. Most, <laughs> most people are back, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's not actually a surprise to me that it doesn't get yeah. used um, that much. But what we've got here is this is where it's about employee attraction and retention. So I know that for every tour that we do to get a business on board here at the Hub, mm-hmm. that 10-person business is going to do 10 tours for the 10 people that they want to have working for them, and now they provide the ability for their workplace to have a fitness space, a parents' facility, um, a relaxation space, a media space, um, a cafe, um, you know, breakout space, um, and and end of trip. So, you know, it, it's important that in a workplace, um, you know, people um, people spend a lot of time working these days. A lot. So, like, like heaps. So um, the expectation that your workplace has more than just a desk, I, I don't actually think it's an unreasonable expectation. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfectly... It's not just reasonable if you don't expect that mm. somebody else would expect that you have a lot of other stuff. Well, it's like what you said you... before, like about the, the new way of working, and um, I feel like you guys are almost preempting or doing before what a lot of other workplaces yeah. will do. Like if you expect someone to work that much, then expect that they're going to need mm. more than just a spot to sit down mm. and work. So, uh, so yeah, that that's where the amenity comes into it. Um, you know, we 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 can only have a certain amount of space on amenity without it impacting our business model, but we also know that with a certain amount of space, we retain our members for longer and we it, it, it helps us. Um, but yeah, it's all about employee attraction and retention and making sure that you get health and well-being. One of the best ways that you can make happy people is you give them choice about um, the kind of workplace they work in mm. And that's where you've got the diversity of all of the different workspaces at the hub, uh, because if you give people choice, um, then you've already solved, um, you know, half the issue. I love it. I think I think what you're doing is so clever. And like with the rest space at Collins Street, I'm based at Collins Street, and um, I like to have a nap at about three <laughs> thirty. Uh, is that you? That's me. Yeah, yeah, that's me. And when I say nap, Netflix is also on, so it's like a really <laughs> cheeky kind of drift off. That that's like that. Is, but what's interesting about that is. Um, your workspace allows me to do that, but a traditional workplace would frown upon it or not have that option, but <laughs> it's going to make me stay longer and be better and happier. So I really think that's just a, a fascinating kind of like a insight into um, you create the space and then it, you know it's really optimised for that kind of human benefit. I'm going to be much better at four o'clock after my half an hour sort yeah. of power nap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and I guess, look, it, it, it's, it's deliberate. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, you know, fit bringing that right back to it, you know, our missions create a home for businesses to grow. So, you know, it's got to feel homely, it's got to feel welcoming, it's got to be like somewhere that I want to go and I feel comfortable in. Um, but then it's also about having a 
uh, a place for businesses mm. to grow. So you know, it's got to have the right ergonomics. It's got to be professional. It's got to it's got to look great and have all of those amenities. Um, because I'm trying to attract investment customers and, and and staff to to my business. So that's how it all comes together at Hub. It's awesome. And so in terms of you and how you kind of think and manage your own time, you've obviously got a very busy um, job. How do you um, take care of your own well-being and make sure you're on, you know, I saw you a few weeks ago, you were a bit sick yeah, and I was running sick, pretty yeah. hard. Yeah, How do you manage I, yourself? Look, uh, to, with varying degrees of success. <laughs> do you have any tools or sort of? Oh, methods? look, I you know, look, I I do do my meditation. Um, you know, I do try and um, you know just make sure I do spend time with my my, my, my wife and daughter and and and, and hanging out. Um, but yeah, it's a challenge because you know. Gr- you don't you don't um, make a growing business grow by just chilling out. So it's about how do you bring enough balance mm-hmm. to it um, that you can still um, you know be, be be great at work at work and also great at home. Do you like to exercise? Uh, yeah, I do. Like I do do. Um, I've got a personal trainer. I walk a lot. Um, that's one of you know, I, I, I do phone calls and I emails and try and walk a walk a heap, and that that's super helpful. And uh, how do you learn and stay on top of all the sort of growing developments oh, in your space? Look, the, you, look, it's it's actually not that um, hard to keep in touch with co-working these days because there's you know there's so many. Um, uh, people writing about it, so you know I'm constantly reading stuff, um, and I'm constantly um, making sure that I visit other spaces and um, and talk with other operators. Like I, I spend a lot of time talking with other operators, um, and you know that yeah that keeps me in in tune. You know, read some books, read read some pod, uh, you know, read some online stuff. What, what books are you reading occasion. at the moment? Oh, just. Uh, actually, I'm in between at the moment. Just crap, just a, a crappy book is my for, for my reading. Nice. Um, but um, you know, Wired or or, or, um, or listening to podcasts is, is, and, and and magazines. Without uh, any expectation of bias here, what what podcast do you favour? <laughs> oh, it's got to be yours, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I actually the one that I liked a little best by um, oh, which ones do I like? Um. Oh, I had a big pause there. You can, you. I'll cut that bad boy out. Yeah, you cut that one out. <laughs> no, let's just go with your one. Like humans are purpose. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, and to, to cut back in, uh, let's. Uh, I just love humans for purpose. Check it out. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant, Brad. Um, I've taken up way too much of your time, so I'm thankful for you to making the time for this today. Where can people um, connect with you and learn more about you? I'll uh, just work? go to my LinkedIn profile or yep. go to hubaustralia.com and come along for a, a, a tour and check us out. Do so. I highly recommend it. And thanks again to Brad. Thank you. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers, Mike. Thanks, Mays. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player or the link in today's episode notes. Why not share the podcast with your networks? After all, 62% of our subscribers come from word of mouth recommendations and social shares. You could also leave us a five-star review and some kind words in the iTunes store. If you love what we do each week and want to support the show, you should join our growing community of Patreon supporters or consider becoming a show sponsor. To learn more about all of that, just head to humansofpurpose.com. 